Hi, I'm Jenny Ottaway, and welcome to the foundation of you. Whether you're feeling stuck in your job or you're considering a midlife crisis, hold up, there's a better way. I'm here to help you knock down the walls that no longer serve you. I'll teach you tools to help you rebuild your life, your way, the auto way. Let's get started. Okay, well, welcome everybody to another episode of Foundation of You, where today I've got a very special guest. This is somebody whom I have known through a mastermind that we were in, and we have just um, we've, I've actually participated in one of her women's circles and she's just a divine being. So I really wanted to have Leticia Andrak on my show. Um, she is a soul and business doula, which basically means she's a holistic business coach and she's got her own business called Essential Shift. And what I love about Essential Shift, Leticia, is that it's built, you say it's built on a bedrock of love, a passion for what's possible, and a commitment to be an unstoppable force for good. So mm -hmm. welcome. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having me, Jenny. It's so beautiful to see you and interact again, because last time we saw each other, it was indeed at a fooling circle in person that I was hosting in Rosebury. So nice to see you. Yes, I know. And it's so great to just finally, I know, you know, we kind of watch each other on um, our social media accounts and we, um, because of course we've been in lockdown here in Sydney, we haven't actually had a chance to meet up together. So it's nice to just visually see you at least and um, to have a conversation, you know, we've got a lot to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I guess, you know, starting from um, where we're both expats or, you know, we both come from other countries. Um, I've lived here, I think, a little bit longer than than you. Um, but certainly I want our, our listeners to understand what brought you like I know what brought me to Australia. What brought you to Australia and what was the pull, the attraction? Mm. Oh my gosh, I love this question. And we got this question from some friends who came to visit me this week, to visit us this weekend. Mm -hmm. And it was funny to, you know, kind of share again with my husband the origin story of our move to Australia. And the way it was decided was actually not at all rational. It was more kind of an emotional pull to Australia. And why is that? Because we are both former strategic consultants. So we, with my husband, we're like, let's move to another country. We were both living in Paris. We are both originally from the south of France. And we're like, Paris is beautiful. It is amazing. The museums, the opera, going for nice restaurants, seeing our friends and so on. But we are always on the go. And we both grew up in the, you know, by the Mediterranean Sea and in countryside town. So we were like, we need to be more connected to the land and to nature and so on. So we're like, let's do an Excel spreadsheet. Let's open an Excel spreadsheet because we are both strategy consultants. Let's put our criteria. Let's put some information and data around the different time we would, different town we would like to move in. And we started doing this kind of due diligence. And then after doing that, the towns that rated the highest 
was Dubai. And we're like, we don't want to go to Dubai. <laughs> why, why did we do all of that? We don't want to go to Dubai. <laughs> it was funny how sometimes we, we go through the rational because we need that to understand what we really want, right? So yeah. we did all of that. And in the end, we looked at Sydney, which was on our spreadsheet, very um, badly rated because it's so far from home. And we put this criteria quite high on our ponderation. So it was like, oh my gosh, it's too, too far from home. But at the same time, this is it. This is where we are going. And this is this kind of clear sense of knowing that we both had about moving to Australia. And then what happened is we had San Francisco and Sydney that were kind of the, um, the top cities that we were like, okay, let's go. So mm-hmm. we both applied through our consulting company to go to either San Francisco or Sydney. We could go to, to San Francisco through my own company, my own strategic consulting firm, but my husband wouldn't have been able to work because of visa constraints and things like that. You know, I would have been the only one able to work and it would have been like husband at home. We didn't have any kids at the time. Mm. So we decided to go to Sydney where we both had a job and we both could get a visa and it was like way easier. And this is how we had some friends from our business school who were already living in Sydney, living the life. We connected with them. It was just like from there, very flowy. Mm. So what drawn us was just this kind of knowing that this is where we would be able to build our family. Oh, that's beautiful. And isn't it wonderful that you can follow this pull? You know, you had this pull mm-hmm. that you wanted to live in a, in a new country and you were able to listen to that pull and to follow your dream, you know, to yes. follow that thing that you felt drawn to. I love that. Do you do that yes. a lot in your life? Have you always yes. done that? Yes. So I've always done that because I think I've been raised in a family who was very spiritual and, you know, always being told that to listen to this little voice or this little, uh, you know, push forward that we have all in our body if we start listening to it and, you know, like muscle strengthening it. So I've always done those kind of thing. And the latest news is like last time we met, you know, I was living in Bondi. Mm-hmm. And what happened is one day I had this nudge, go and explore the Shire. We've never been to the Shire. So the Shire is the south of Sydney for your listener who are in the US or somewhere else. We're like, what is she talking about? <laughs> so we used to live in the eastern suburb of Sydney, close to the water in Bondi Beach. And one day I had this nudge of, let's go and explore the Shire. So it's close to the Royal National Park in the south of Sydney. And we, my husband is beautiful because when I say that, he's like, yeah, let's do it. We went to Cronulla. We had a coffee like seeing the ocean, our girls were playing, we're just kind of, and I told my husband, this is where we're going to settle. It's like, okay. And we <laughs> hired someone to find a home for us here. The next time we came, we visited the house. And the third time we came, we bought the house. And this wow. is what happened. It's just, and this is a big decision, right? But this is yes. how, you know, a lot of things in my life kind of happen is I listened to this little nudge and probably a lot of people don't listen to it. So then it's like kind of how do you strengthen that? But I listen to the whisper of my soul and then I go and it unfolds beautifully. And if I hadn't done that, maybe I would have struggled to find a house. So I would have. But in this time, it was like a confirmation. It went so quickly. Everyone was struggling to find a house in Sydney in the hot market that we yes. have. Yes. For us, it was like really 
we set the intention, we hired a bio agent. Of course, we take the action as well. We're not like sitting down, not doing anything. I'm good at outsourcing. So I was like, buying a house, I need a bio agent. So he found (laughs) for us this house, we visited it and we got it. And wow. You manifested that, like, as you say, yeah. it's almost, it's almost like the perfect manifestation. And and yes. also you followed your intuition or you followed that, mm. that push to, yes. um, you know, to find that thing that you were imagining. And that's what I love about the whole world of spirituality and is really is tapping into that part of ourselves that maybe we're not as attuned to, or we haven't had much practice. Do you yes. have certain practices that you do to help you connect up into that part of yourself? Yes. What do you do? Oh, yes, definitely. Oh my goodness. So many practices, you know, I love rituals and I love practices, but um, I guess the most powerful one for me is really to uh, just meditate, mm. really connect with my inner self and my higher self in meditation. So really, and I started meditation at the age of five. I'm sure we're going to talk about this at some point, but to manage my anxiety, my hyperactivity and hypersensitivity, I was introduced to that at the age of five and really kind of sitting in meditation and listening to the whisper, listening to the sound around me, listening to sound who are probably not heard by anyone else as well, because I have a kind of clear audience uh, developed as well. So it's like, this is how I really connect with my higher self. And it's not that I'm not going to tell everyone you need to meditate to do that because I have other moments where I connect to my higher self when I am having a bath or when I am having a shower mm-hmm. or, and it's proven that when you do something where you just focus on this thing, where you're fully present doing this thing, it may be cooking for someone or singing, but just focusing deeply in the state of presence, then you get this nudge. Then you get this kind of, oh, the idea, basically the downloads, the divine feminine spark in yourself because you made space, you pose and you made space for that to happen. And then you follow through. Of course, this is where the divine masculine came into place, which is a doing and the taking the inspired action. But really the meditative um, state for me is really important. And it can be a walking meditation. I just don't want anyone to think that, oh my goodness, I can sit on a cushion and meditate. I understand you. I, <laughs> I, I know it can be hard. So you can do other practices, but just trying to find quietness. Yes, actually, that's a really good point because I was looking into meditation. I like to lie down when I Mm. meditate. I don't like sitting up or sitting, you know, with my back and I, I, you know, upright. I feel more comfortable lying down. And I was looking, there's actually, there's, you know, walking is one way, sitting up, um, lying down. And then there's another way which will come to me because I'm not thinking about what I, I'm doing also standing meditation. So oh, yeah, standing. standing meditation. Yes. So with your knee slightly bent, mm-hmm. and then you really connect with the earth, growing your roots on Mother Earth, and then growing your branches. Yes, <laughs> that's Mother what it was. Sky and reconnecting uh, to that way. So you can do standing meditation, but just not blocking your knee is really important. And then you can stay there for 20, 30, 40 minutes, whatever feels comfortable for you. But this is like more a spiritual meditation, like you are the tree in a way. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And one of the things that I remember about our the ceremony that I attended, the full moon ceremony with you in person, 
um, was that you held a cacao ceremony. And I love the whole ritual behind a cacao ceremony too. Mm -hmm. And that was so special for me to be, because it's just often, it's not really, I don't know, just maybe it's in my circles, but um, people are like, cacao, what is that? You know, they don't really know. Is it hot chocolate? (laughs) It's like, Mm -hmm. it's that, but it's so much more. Do you want to talk about that? Because you, that's right. You did, um, you learned about it in South America. Is that right? Yeah. In Brazil. Yes. 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 So I lived in Brazil. Um, wow. How many years ago now? Maybe 15 or 16 years ago now. And um, when I was in Brazil, I went to Pantanal, which is a beautiful part of Brazil, which is, it's not the Amazonia forest. It's another very preserved forest. And we were kind of having a fire and all sitting around the fire and our guide really sat with us and I was with my Brazilian girlfriend and he sat with us and he just started pouring some hot cacao for us that he prepared by chanting around the the fire and so on and introduced us to the medicine of the cacao and to how to honor the plant as well as all the elements that contributed in creating this plant and at our present within us and around us. So really calling in the different elements, the different direction and being in presence with this medicine. And this is a practice that you can do with whatever you're eating. And this is something that is done, you know, in Catholic faith, when you, you know, say your prayer before eating, before eating, sorry, it's really about honoring everyone that contributed into creating this beautiful thing that you're eating at that point or drinking at that point and setting an intention. And for me, it's really how I started being introduced to cacao. And then I did a training in Brazil around the cacao ceremony and how to hold space. But what's funny, it's like, it took me probably 13 years to be comfortable holding circle myself. So Mm. it's like, sometimes, you know, you learn about something, you forgot you learned about it. And at some point it's like, Oh, what if, what if I felt comfortable enough to share that? More <laughs> and this is really my story in my business. It's like I've learned Ayurveda 16 years ago, and I'm only birthing now a course about Ayurveda in business. It's just like I am one of those persons that needs to, yeah, have this in my womb for quite a few years <laughs> before yeah. I feel ready to release it to the world. But yeah, cacao has been. And it has so many benefits for your health. I've written an article about it if you want to add it in the show notes. But it's really like I'd love to invite anyone to just consume raw ceremonial grade cacao. Like Mm. at least weekly would be powerful. Yeah, because it's it's not you don't buy it in the supermarket. It's not no. that cacao. It's no. actually I, I know I've gotten mine a couple of times. I've gotten mine either online or I went into a health food store and yeah. the blend that I had had not only the cacao but also had some mushrooms um mushrooms, in it, yeah. which you know, not not magic mushrooms, <laughs> but <Yeah>. mushrooms. <laughs> mushrooms yeah. that are, um, you know, spiritual or, um, you know, earthy. I just remember it was sort of, it had this earthy taste, um, but which is all from the earth, right? It's all very, the ritual and the ceremony comes from this beautiful plant that is from the earth. Yes. And some things that is beautiful in, in spiritual, like ancient spiritual wisdom, such as Ayurveda or other spiritual wisdom is saying that actually the plant 
are those who chose to just be. They can't move. They don't choose where they go. You know, it's not like the bird will fly or the animal will walk. They're just there. There where the seed was planted and mm-hmm. they grow. And then when you harvest them, it's really important to honor where they've been harvested and by whom they've been harvested. And that's why when you yes. buy a ceremonial grade cacao, it's important to know that it's coming from a fair trade um, way of harvesting. Important to honor the land mm-hmm. that they were harvested on. And really important to just drink it in a way that is not just, oh, I'm sipping my uh, Sprite or Coca-Cola, which I don't drink. Sorry, I'm mm-hmm. French. So it's like, <laughs> 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 Yeah. <laughs> no judgment to those who are drinking it but for yeah. us it's like no 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 don't drink that yeah. so, uh, so yes, it's <laughs> like when you drink your your cacao you're really yeah you're really savoring it yes yeah. and and there's that's right savoring it and there's almost a reverence I remember just feeling this sense of reverence for it and as you said there's that setting of the intentions which how often do you drink a cup of coffee in the morning if you drink coffee and have that sense of intention or I'm going to start my day in a certain way and I'm I'm going to be a certain way. Often we're grabbing our coffee on the go. We're drinking it in the car. You know, it's just a beverage. So that's mm-hmm. why I love the whole ceremony around cacao because it's it not only brings people together, there's this ceremony around it and, and it's actually delicious too, (laughs) you know, and it's good for you as well. Physically, it's good for your system as well. So I think it's, yeah, I just love that part of, of the rituals that you do and share, because I feel like, you know, you are so spiritual and you've, you've come, as you say, you've come this um, path where you were hyperactive as a child, you've grown through the, you know, you've grown through your life. And um, when you were a child, was that when you knew that you had ADHD? When were you actually diagnosed? Because I'm fascinated with this topic and I'll tell you why, because I feel like a lot of adults experience this um you know, attention deficit. We're all kind of on hyper alert. We've got, you know, our our phones are pinging at us. And I know for myself, and I shared this with Leticia before we started, I know for myself, I'm off. I often start one thing, like I'll start making my bed and then I'll get distracted because the kitchen's dirty. So I have to make sure that I've cleaned the kitchen, but then I get distracted by something else. And I remember that, you know, my car got washed at the dealer yesterday because I had it serviced, but they ran out of time. So I didn't get the inside done and I couldn't get into my car today without having the inside vacuumed. (laughs) And so but I stopped doing that halfway because then I got called by one of my daughters to help, you know, and I wonder, is that a level of ADHD or is that just, you know, poor time management? <laughs> what, is, what is that? And for yourself, how does it, how does it show up for you? Yes. So first answering your question around what is that? And what you're describing is definitely the impact of our society on us. We are, always on the go. We always have multiple tabs open on our laptop. We are always having notification pinging on our phone. And I think this is kind of, um, I would say more um, society things that is happening. So to 
manage to understand if it's ADHD or if it's a society, it's to go and see a specialist and, you know, have a diagnosed on and, and then you can really kind of, um, understand if it's ADHD or if it's what I call in Ayurveda, a Vata imbalance. So Vata in Ayurveda is the air and the space going together. And the fact that we are in a Vata society now, it's like everything is moving a hundred kilometers an hour, like the wind, mm. you know, and we are just kind of always on the go thinking about a million ideas at one instant. We start something we never finish. The Vata Dosha in Ayurveda is really about that. You struggle to finish something. So mm. it's really what's happening. It's We are in a society which is suffering from a, a Vata imbalance. So the solution is to bring back the Kapha, which is the earth. How do you Bringing spell that? The, so Kapha, K-A-P-H-A. Kapha, okay. Kapha okay. Dosha and bringing more Kapha energy into your life, which is about bringing the water and the earth. So earthing, a bath, a dip in the ocean, bringing all of that back into your life, as well as bringing back the pita, which is a focus, which is a fire, the fire and being focused to finish a task. Mm. So funnily enough, back to me, I, when I went to, to India, I was told that I had, you know, I am pita, which means I'm very fire. So very driven, very focused. So I end up finishing the task when I start them, but I have a bit of vata as well. And so, which means I tend to start things at the same time as finishing one. I have like, I read one book, but I have three other books at the same time, <laughs> but I will finish one out of the three, if that makes yes. sense. So yes. I still have this kind of pita here, but the vata is there. So the things that happened for me in my journey is actually... I couldn't sleep at night. I was five-year-old and I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would see people in my room and I would really kind of feel very anxious and I would call my parents and my dad would come and I would explain mm. to him, I see this person, I hear this sound, like, is there anyone in my room? And my dad would help me. My dad was highly spiritual as well, would, and, um, you know, from my healing lineage, so feeling energy and removing pain and, you know, heart, burn, heart um, sun, sunburn, sorry. And so my dad would understand that, but it was very tiring still for him. And he would see me very tired and very anxious. And, and I was always on the go in class. You know, I was a very good student, but I was, you know, often disturbing the whole class. And I was quite, quite charismatic. So I would be like, let's do crazy stuff. And everyone would follow me. So <laughs> it's gorgeous. It was quite painful. I was yeah. a painful five-year-old. And to paint uh, the whole picture, I had a little brother at the time. So my parents were a bit sleep depressed, mm. deprived, sorry. And yeah. uh, they were like, okay, we need to find someone to help help us. And what they did is they took me to one of their spiritual teachers who, um, you know, kind of uh, diagnosed me saying, okay, she's definitely suffering from ADHD and so on, but don't take her to the traditional, um, you know, psychological support, because what they're going to do is going to give her medication because she is really kind of heavy um, into that. So my parents decided to, you know, have me doing meditation. So I would go every Saturday into 
this man, this spiritual house, which I loved and listening to the singing bowl and sitting and smelling the incense and really kind of meditating and doing EFT, you know, tapping and being introduced to all those practices and mm. uh, doing those rituals really early on in my life. When I was five, I went back when I was 12 and again, feeling a bit anxious. And then when I was in preparatory school where I was very anxious, preparing for, you know, go entering the best business school in France. And like, I was on, you know, going into those practices and then stopping and then going back, but it was very secret. My parents were like, don't really share about this. And even when I started sharing, I asked them for permission. I was like, is it okay if I share about this? Mm. Because at the time, you know, imagine 30, I'm 37 now. So 32 years ago, who was meditating? Who was talking about tapping? Who was doing sound healing and, you know, and uh, doing those kind of things? It was Mm. really considered as super kind of um, alternative, if that makes sense. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, so I wouldn't really share about this. And um, when I was 12, I really discovered that I had this healing gift as well coming uh, from my lineage because my dad has a very strong migraine. He was like, can you remove my migraine? I was like, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how to do it. He was like, just do it. You'll find a way. And I did it and I removed it. And this is when I realized that I had those gifts, but I would hide them. Mm. I only showed to the world that I had them years later when... I don't know when I hit, when I arrived in Australia, I think this is when I really started because people didn't know me here. So they didn't have any expectation. And here it's a way more spiritual, like it's an, it's a country which is more open to spirituality, to alternative spiritual practice, I should say. So back to your question about ADHD, I was diagnosed when I was a little girl, but not by a doctor, more Mm -hmm. by someone who had a degree in that, but was for alternative approach. Mm -hmm. And then I was officially diagnosed when my um, little girl, my eldest, uh, was diagnosed herself, and we did some um, some blood tests because there are like a, if you want to start with that, like if you do an MTH MTHFR blood tests, mm-hmm. then you will see it's like a lot of people who have ADHD or are in the spectrum. I should say autism and so on have you know, something that is dysfunctioning there. And so we did, we started with a blood test and then she was officially assessed and we are actually seeing an occupational therapist. I have a session with her at 3 p.m. today, so in a few hours. <laughs> and um, and so, yeah, so it's like having Zoe really kind of showed me that um, it's important to get diagnosed. And with her, we decide as well not to give any medication. So we're trying alternative approach, Mm-hmm. And that's why we adopted a puppy recently to have a therapy dog. Like we are trying alternative approach. She's having an even stronger uh, ADHD profile than me, probably because my husband and I have the same kind of gene. Yes. So it's like amplified, <laughs> uh, which is great. It's good for my healing. Like she's really coming to heal me and to show me how it was, it was, it was hard for my parents to raise me. It was mm-hmm. hard because I was hypersensitive, highly emotional. I was uh, really connected. And at the same time, I couldn't stay put. I was always moving around, always climbing, always like, always looking for the next thing to do. 
even if I hadn't finished the first thing that I was doing. So yes. this is my story. I don't know if it's if it makes sense or if it's too long. I don't know. Tell no. me if you have more questions. <laughs> oh, no, I would think that it would resonate with a lot of people because I think that it's something that so many of us experience or experienced that when we were younger, but, you know, maybe um, like I was even just thinking as you were sharing about when you saw spirits or people in your room, I remember when my daughter saw that she saw somebody in her room at the foot of her bed. And I, I'm going to get the story a little bit wrong, but you know, it might've been, it was a spirit for sure. And I remember telling her that she was just imagining something (laughs) like just imagining it because at that point I hadn't embraced my spiritual side. I hadn't really, um, like you, you know, it was kind of, it was something that I, I didn't really know if I had any gifts, you know, or if I did, I knew I was also hypersensitive as well. And I felt, I felt everybody's emotions and, you know, I felt very connected to the spiritual world, but I don't know. I just wasn't willing or at that point able to give permission to her to Mm. acknowledge that. And now, Mm. of course, now I've said, you remember when you said that? Well, that was, you know, you saw that that was true. You know, it was, it's not just something we all have this capability to connect with the spiritual world. And it's just that we don't exercise it as a muscle. You know, it's like a muscle. We, We don't, practice it. We don't, um, we get told that that's not true, or we get told that that's not something that we should be focusing on. Or, you know, some people think it's, it's not, it's against religion or as, you know, organized religion. And so it's a, it can become something that you don't want to have. As you say, you had to ask yeah. your parents permission, if you could share about what your gifts were. So it's, I think, but you're right. As we all become this more awakened self, we're exploring those sorts of modalities and we're exploring the quantum field and we're, we're understanding that there is, we are all connected and we're connected to the plants and the animals and each other. And that's what I think is so beautiful from what you're sharing about, because it's like, what a great time to be alive. Yes, definitely. And we know that few centuries ago would have been burned for having this conversation. So I'm yeah. so grateful that, you know, we, we are here. I, I really see myself being here on a mission to heal the witch wound and really kind of saying that it is safe to be who you are and to share about your gift, even though sometimes it is uncomfortable and sometimes you will have people who are triggered by, by, by what you're sharing and will tell you that this is not happening. And, um, and yeah, always when you have young children, know that they are even more connected to spirit. Yeah. So whatever they see, even if you're not seeing it, just honor that truth. And I remember Zoe when she was, because she, she has been a very bad sleeper as well. So at five and a half, she finally started sleeping through. But before that, she was always waking up and seeing people in her room or telling me, mommy, there is a, a woman behind you. And I'm like, is she nice or not? Yes, she's really nice. I'm like, okay, how is she dressed up? So just trying to be curious and asking questions so that even if it's an imaginary friend, something is happening, something is Mm. like let's not negate one another and if you have a friend who's telling you something like oh I feel 
you have a pain here or you're, and even though right now you're not feeling it, maybe in a few days it will make sense. Mm-hmm. So never negate anyone for giving you their vision or sharing with you something that they, they feel around or within you. Yes. Yes. And I think because if we don't understand it, I think that's when people want to shut it down yeah. and, or we have, we feel that we have to understand what it is. But I know for myself, like I, particularly when I was working in corporate and I know that you come from a corporate background as well. And I used to have these experiences where I would call, you know, call somebody and they would say, oh, we were just talking about you. Or I would be sending an email to a client and then they would call me saying, hey, I'm, you know, ringing up about whatever. And I'd be like, I was just emailing you. So being connected to that energy where we're all, um, you know, sending out the signals, (laughs) the signals, the mental signals to each other. And we're in that energetic force. And I remember, you know, my boss at the time was like, how do you do that? you know, that's just so incredible. And I was like, I mean, you know, we all know that we have that ability of the phone rings and, you know, it's your mom or, you know, you're thinking about somebody and and that person then calls. So we all know that we can tap into that. It's really, but it's, it's honoring that and going, yeah, yep, I sure do. And I used to say, yeah, I do have that ability and it's a strength and it's a gift. And I would try and activate it more because mm. I just you know, I feel that it's, um, why not? <laughs> yeah. You know? And I think, you know, to the things that you described is too often we have the ego coming in and we're like, oh my goodness, maybe I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. what if you were right? And so what I love to encourage my client to do is to have a synchronicity journal where they write something. So for instance, this is how I discovered that I was connected to spirit babies because a lot of my friends, I would know when they were pregnant before they would tell me they were pregnant and I would see the gender of their baby before they would know the gender of their baby. Wow. But we are often too scared of sharing that because we're like, I have 50% chance to be right or wrong. You know, it's like, it's a quick answer. Are you pregnant? Yes or no? Uh, is it a boy? No. Or yes. We, so what about we write it and you just keep it to yourself. You don't have to share it with anyone. When the phone is ringing, let's play a game. Let's try to guess who it is. When Mm. you're like, um, I don't know, having a friend who's going to tell you, I have an amazing news to tell you. What if you write in your journal and be like, oh, I think she's going to get married or I think her daughter is going to have a kid or like just write down the thing. And then maybe it's the right thing, maybe it's the wrong thing, but it doesn't matter in the end. It's just you'd start tuning into this inner knowing and this connection as you've shared with another human being on this planet because we are all connected. So, yes. Mm. And that reminds me of the, you know, the ego wanting, saying, oh, Mm. you you don't have that ability or you, you know, who do you think you are? I remember I was doing my intuitive anatomy course for my theta healing and it was very intensive studying, you know, the endocrine system and the skeletal system, reproductive, digestive, et cetera. And one of the things that we do is as a medical intuitive, we scan, do a body scan and I did this, um, we were doing the reproductive system and I did this scan of my, you know, my fellow student and my ego, I got that she had um, three kids and that she had lost one. And I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say mm. that out loud to her, but that's the message that I was receiving. I'm like, you, yeah, I'm clairaudient. I heard this and I was like, well, I'm not going to say that she 
lost one. That just doesn't, that's, you know, who am I to say that? What if it's not true? Or, you know, then I bring up the, you know, bring up that memory anyway. But the thing is, is that if it doesn't get said, well, I was there to share that and I was there to learn and to Mm -hmm. ask if it was true so that I could, what is it? Um, Strengthen that muscle, strengthen that intuitive muscle. So I asked her and it turned out that, yes, she had had three children. She was old, an older lady. She had had three children, but that she lost one. And so she had just two, which, you know, blew us both away. And I was like, are you sure? Like, (laughs) really? You know, (laughs) like you're not just um, humoring me, but she was obviously she wasn't. But it was one of the most beautiful conversations. And we chatted about her, the baby that she lost. And she believed, and I believe that her grandchild was actually that spirit that she had lost Mm -hmm. because that grandchild was so connected to her and was young, probably four or five. I can't remember like young grandchild. So into her, you know, more so than his parents, you know, (laughs) like that was just astounding. Right. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah. Those are the things that you learn when you take that chance with yourself and exploring what your gifts are. Yes. Yes. And as you said, it's, it's about telling your ego, just, I'm going to, I'm going to take a shot. And Mm. if I'm wrong, what, what the worst thing that can happen, then you're just saying to this woman, if you, of course, if you ask her permission to share the insights, which is really important, it's always asking yes. permission to share what you're, right. what you're receiving as guidance. But if she said, yes, of course, you can share with me what came up and then you share it and then it opened a conversation and probably it contributed to healing something in her because I am sure that every word that we share is medicine for someone else. So whatever you're sharing in that moment, know that it's needed by someone on this planet. So, Mm. oh, it's so true. And what is it, do you think that stops people from wanting to open up or to share the things, the pain or the stories that they've been through? Mm. So we mentioned the ego. So I think the ego is really there. Our own ego is preventing us from it, but also the the fear of judgment, like, kind of yeah. I, I'd say before we were really living as community we're living in a village we're living together we're really sharing you know sitting in circle like I do now we would do that we would sit in circle and we'd share and um, nowadays I think um, we are we are really scared of being judged by one another so it's about knowing that you are loved and you are safe and you are supported and then you can start sharing and you are not for everyone. I know some people don't like me and I'm fine with that. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> and that's so funny. That is so funny. I'm a Libra and I'm like, wait, people don't like me? Wait a minute, you know, because I feel very much like I thought, I seriously, I thought through most of my life, I'm like, yeah, people, I, everybody likes a Libra and everybody likes a, me. And then I realized, no, there's a lot of people that, you know, everybody has somebody that they are not for and that's okay. And I know that it's 
part of the journey of everyone. You know, I have some people who are triggering me and then I take it as an invitation for me to explore what needs to be healed. Why am I triggered by this situation? What is making me feel all those feelings when I hear them or when I see them or when I, you know, um, listen to them? Like what is triggered in me? And just having this inquisitive mind and trying to find out what is triggering you well, and, and knowing that it is for you an, an opportunity for you to heal yourself, mm. I think it's really a beautiful way to see it. So yeah, the ego, the fear of judgment, and then the fact that we, you mentioned that quickly before, it's like the fact that we are in a right or wrong type of model when actually there is an in-between, which is so based and so surprising. Mm. And this is how in Western society, we want to understand where in Eastern society or the way I was trained in Ayurveda in India, it's more experiments and body. And why you feel all of that, why da-da-da, we'll learn about this later. But let's first mm. experience it, like smell the spices, drink this with those spices. How are you feeling in your body? What is happening? Hear this sound, do this pranayama, do this breath work, chant this song. And how does it make you feel? What is happening for you? You know, this trying of connecting with yourself first and with a practice before understanding, oh, I need to do Nadi Shadana because it's balancing both sides of my brain and it's really bringing balance. Like, no, we don't need that first. First experience it. <laughs> yeah, no. And it really is about that becoming present or being present to what your experience is in that moment and knowing that like, I think we have a really hard time with letting go or just trusting yeah. the process. We all want to be able to have that control or a yes. lot of us, a lot of us want to have that control. And I think coming certainly from a uh, corporate background and I was in that world for a long time. And there is so much this need to control, not only mm-hmm you know, you, like people want to control you and control how you achieve, or obviously one drives yourself to become the best you can, but there is also that decision-making where they say, well, actually you're not going to get that promotion. Or there's a lot of, um, kind of keeping things in a certain way rather than just letting letting it go or letting it be or trusting that process. Mm. Yeah, it's like you said before, it's the divine masculine. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And this brings up for me what you shared about, you know, being in a corporate setting. When I was in corporate, I, I was not sharing everything about my spiritual practice until one day I was like, oh, it's full moon in Scorpio. And this is what we are experiencing. And this is why like this meeting is totally messy we need to kill everything to give birth to a new thing mm. and then it started <laughs> being something they were like okay Leticia how is the moon today what is it yeah. and it was fine I gave myself the permission and I stopped being scared of being judged by by my huge team who were like mostly data analytics entrepreneur mm-hmm. like really kind of masculine energy I was like I don't care this is why this is going yeah, this way it's because the moon is in Scorpio, so we need to kill everything before we give birth to the new thing. So yeah, I think sometimes we so let's let's give everyone the permission to try and explore and then see 
because we tend to build such big story in our mind, you know, the, the drama that we bring. We're like, mm-hmm. oh, if I share this gift or if I, you know, open about this part of myself, I'm going to be rejected. I'm going to be judged. I'm going to be blah, blah, blah. What if we try? Mm. And I like what you said before. What if I succeed rather than yeah. thinking, what if I fail or what if this doesn't work out? What mm. if I succeed and what if it does? And that mm. that is such a beautiful reframing of that question and allows the, it just allows this flowy freedom. Yeah. Mm. I love that. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So I, I feel that there is so much more that we could, you know, we could talk for, for days, <laughs> for days. Um, but I think that for me is really, you know, your spiritual work and what you're doing now, you, you're holding, you've got a membership where you've got um, clients that come together. What else are you working on? So I have uh, a membership uh, which is called Essential Alchemy, where we gather for the new moon and we do other things. Mm-hmm. And I also have a mastermind, which is called the Goddess Embodiment Sisterhood, which is um, a seven months journey. So um, we do that. We journey through the seven months and and help them embody their authentic self to grow their business, blending spirituality and strategy. Then I have private clients. Mm-hmm. And I also have courses that I release. So I have a three-day courses called Bring Your Vision to Life to really kind of connect with your vision in a meditative space and then bring the aligned action. So really blending all the things that I do for my clients regularly. So for someone who wants to start dipping their toes into my work, like this is a way to start three days with that. And I am birthing at the moment. So probably when it's going to be released, it will be, out in the world, I'm releasing my Ayurveda in business course mm-hmm. because I realized that I actually apply a lot of Ayurvedic principle in the way I grow my business, in the way I help my client grow their business. And I couldn't find anyone teaching. So I was like, I'm taking the space. I'm going to teaching about how to bring Ayurveda in business. Like some people were like, let's bring human design in business or let's bring, you know, other principle in business. I was like, this is a beautiful uh, ancient wisdom that I've been bathing in for decades and I'm ready now to to share it with the world. Mm. Oh, it's so beautiful. And everything happens in divine timing. So, yes. you know, it, it happens when it's meant to happen and to, to exactly. be introduced to the world. So exactly. I will put all of those links in the show notes. And I just want to say thank you so much. It's been thank such you. an absolute pleasure. I mean, there, as I said, there's so much more we can talk about, um, but we will leave it here. And I say um, merci à toi, uh, merci. to Leticia. And I am so grateful to have had you on the show today. Oh, merci beaucoup. Merci, Jenny. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks so much for sharing your time with me today. I hope you enjoyed the energy we created and gained further insights around what fulfillment means to you. If you love the vibe and want to live a more inspired life, I offer one-on-one coaching with my Foundation for Fulfillment signature course. More freedom, more fulfillment starting now. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode. Share and leave a review to let others know how this podcast made you feel. And remember, there is no ceiling 
only the one you create. So keep raising the roof. Till next time.